0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. What's up, guys? This week two victory episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over, guys. Football is back in full swing, and you might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And it wasn't pretty, especially in the second half. But it's a win, and we'll take it. <laughs> we'll definitely uh, take it. The Giants were, were game uh, in the second half, and uh, they made the Bears earn it. That's for, uh, that's for sure. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's the, what I call the first yeah, but victory uh, of 2020. You heard me say it yesterday on the Bear, Bear Down show. Uh, you'll hear me say it during the knee-jerk reactions uh, as as well um, but uh, part of the but is uh, we'll take it though uh, yeah it, it's it it sucks that uh, you kind of have this 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 aftertaste uh, in your mouth uh, for the second year in a row the Giants uh, you know uh, hang on or, or we failed to put them down now granted that wasn't exactly uh, our fault we did have a touchdown that would have shut the game down, taken away from us uh, in the fourth quarter, but uh, you know, them's the ropes uh, sometimes, but nonetheless, our beloved held on, and we won, so this is a victory episode, it's the week two review episode of the Bearstalk Underground, so let's get to it. I had a girlfriend once, and uh, we were on the phone, and it was a while back, about 10 10 years ago or so, and I was uh, talking about, yeah, the Bears won, and she's like, yeah, barely, and, um, you know, the conversation turned ugly after that because just, it doesn't matter if you barely win or you barely lose. There's no barely won column on the win-loss column, there isn't. You either won or you lost, and my Bears won, and they won yesterday, goddammit, and uh, so we'll take it uh, as a win, and that silly bitch that I was dating, um, we, we weren't dating much longer after that conversation because it went around in that ugly circle for about five minutes, and by the end of it, I was ready to reach through the phone and rip her lungs out just because I was engaged in the stupidest conversation ever and it took me to a place that i didn't want to (laughs) go i'm ashamed to admit but i ended the conversation by saying this is what you get for talking sports with a woman (laughs) and i said it just to piss her off i really did and it worked beautifully actually so uh fellas if if you're looking to uh give the old lady a shot in the ribs say something condescending uh like that and uh Yeah, you'll be on the couch for a while, so uh, good luck with that. Anyway, what's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the week two review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. It is another victory episode. Our beloved were able to hang on this time as opposed to having to dig one out uh, like they did against the Lions. Uh, The Bears are one of the, um, well, when the Monday night game ends tonight, there'll be one of 12 undefeated teams left Uh, In the league right now, because both the Raiders and Saints uh, won their week one games and they're battling it out right now on Monday Night Football. So, unless they tie, somebody's going to lose a football game today and no longer be uh, undefeated. So, uh, we'll take that for now. Uh, I would definitely say that uh, if you had to do a power ranking of those 12 football teams, the Bears would probably be somewhere towards the bottom of that uh, 12 number one because they had to um well they they probably had the one of the weaker schedules of those first two games with the uh the giants who picked fourth overall in this year's draft and the lions who picked third and there is a very real real possibility where if a ball bounces one way or another um in both games we could be zero and two right now talking about how much life really sucks as an 0-2 team having lost to the Lions and the Giants uh, in consecutive weeks. So, uh, like I said, we'll take those victories, uh, even though we, we, we've kind of got a, um, you know, some of us have a backhanded way of, of uh, feeling about it, uh, you know, not exactly happy uh, with how we won those football games or had to uh, win those games. But uh, they're wins, and in the end, that's all that matters when, when it comes to the win-loss column. Uh, you, you want to have more under W than you do under L and right now they're all under W and I know we as Bear fans will definitely uh, take that so um, it was an interesting afternoon uh, out there in Soldier Field and I think I, 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 I think I noted this in the Bear Ups and Bear Downs I meant to talk about it in the knee-jerk reactions and I know that I missed it but um, this was the first time that I really f- missed um, that that we is that, or that I I should say personally felt the touch of uh, COVID and what we could have or, or what we've lost uh, because of it and with the way that the Bears started the game uh, against the Giants the opening drive going the length of the field turning it into a touchdown Mitch kind of building off of his fourth quarter performance uh, against the Lions you know coming out and and Uh, you know playing well right off the bat in the in the first quarter Robert Quinn and you know like only a second or third play uh, as a bear with the strip sack and everything and we turn that into points as well Soldier Field would have been shaking from the foundation uh, with the Bears opening up the game like that especially as a response to the way that we performed uh, against the lions where we're basically a non-entity for the first three quarters and we had to scavenge a win uh in the fourth quarter against <laughs> one of the worst lead protecting teams in the league so um for us to come out right out of the gates put 10 points on the board before anybody's beer had a chance to get warm uh the soldier field crowd would have been all over that and uh i, I definitely feel like they would have been a factor in the game maybe so much that uh, you know maybe the lions wouldn't have had a chance to 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 respond especially in the second half but it is what it is and uh you know even though they're they're piping in some field noise and or crowd noise and things like that I don't know if Fox was doing that or if if Soldier Field was doing it or whatever I'm not a fan of it I really don't I mean it's probably better than the actual reality of how quiet it probably is uh, on the on the field uh, during a game with no fans in it, but I don't know. It feels disingenuine uh, to me, so but, uh, yeah, I, I was really missing the... There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The, the crowd uh, of a Soldier Field uh, of a Soldier. I was really missing the Soldier Field crowd uh, yesterday uh, during the game. You know, watching the different college games and and the other various uh, NFL games up in these first few uh, first few weeks. You know, it just like, yeah, it kind of sucks. It's weird with the crowd noise being piped in by whoever's doing it and everything. But to to actually have a home game for the Bears and, you know, really kind of, you know, needing or wanting that added element of the crowd experience. I mean, it's just part of the experience of a game itself is being part of the crowd and and making noise and the siren on third down and and all that kind of stuff. It just wasn't there uh, on Sunday. And, um, it really did feel like something was missing, uh, when you're watching the game. So, all right, so let's go ahead and dive into this thing. First quarter knee-jerk reaction. You know, like I said, the Bears got off to a, uh, to a fast start. It was a nice change of pace, especially from the way that we didn't start last week against the, uh, uh the Lions. And not to mention the subject of the, you know, the biggest bit of drama on this show Last week, uh, turned out and, uh, you know, picked up where he left off last Sunday against the Lions. Knee-jerk reaction, Bears, Giants after the first quarter, and it's all coming up Bears so far in the first quarter. The first drive of the game, the Bears start with the ball, um, I think, eight plays or something like that. 82 yards, um, perfect on third down conversions, which was something that was a big struggle for the Bears last week against... Detroit, two for 11 on the game. Uh, I think so far on, on our three drives, I think we're four for six or something like that so far, so monumentally better on third down than we were against Detroit. But more importantly, uh, one of those third down conversions was a touchdown. Uh, from Mitch to David Montgomery, who basically it was like a, a, a dump off play. You know, Mitch was under pressure. I was actually telling him to run. I thought he was going to, and then at the last second, he pulls up and and floats one over to Montgomery, who gets the first down. And then just as dangerous as as he is in open space, he proved that to be the proved that to be the case as he maneuvered his way into the end zone for the Bears to go up seven nothing right away, uh, which is fantastic as in, uh, you know, an easy way not to have to dig yourself out of a fourth quarter hole is to put your opponent in the hole and make them dig themselves out, which gave this defense of ours a lead to protect. Second play on offense for the Giants, Robert Quinn, making his Chicago Bear debut, comes around the edge, knocks the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands. Khalil Mack recovers. Just like that, the Bears have the ball back just outside uh, the red zone. Weren't able to. Anthony Miller dropped a touchdown. Mitch threw another dime like, he, like the one he threw for the game-winning touchdown last week. Anthony Miller couldn't come up with it. Cairo Santos put another field goal uh, between the uprights. So it's 10-0, and that's where we sit now. Um, happy with what I'm seeing across the board. That, that first drive was magnificent for the Bears. We imposed our will on the Giants. We're running the football as much as we're passing. Mitch was making good throws and good decisions. So I'm happy with where we're at right now. Um, And here we are starting the second quarter. The Giants have the football and uh, seeing if they can close the gap on this 10 nothing lead that the Bears have. All right. So a couple things. It was 12 plays, actually, uh, almost uh, uh, half the quarter, seven minutes, 35 seconds on that drive ending with that play it was third and six and i was telling mitch just to 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 run it was one of those plays that was giving me you know stomach cramps uh against the lions the week before where he's just sitting back there he's sitting back there he's waiting he's waiting he's waiting and that's what kind of gets aggravating about it is like when he does that it's like it's it's not like he's um you know peyton manning or something like that who was definitely not known for his feet this is not a guy that was you know that was known for for running out of the pocket or being dangerous uh you know running the ball or anything like that mitch is extremely dangerous he's a very athletic quarterback and you just feel like he's wasting it by standing back there waiting for somebody to get open and and again you wonder if it's if it's um that maybe he lost his nerve from the shoulder injury last year, or if it's just being beat into his head by Nagy and Filippo and uh, and and Bill Lazor, our offensive coordinator, um, telling him to stay in the pocket and wait for somebody to get open. It's just, you know, just stay back there, you know, in, instead of just pulling up, taking what the defense has given you because the secondary, it's, you know, uh, turned out to uh, perform very well for the Giants uh, on Sunday. Remember, it was a big concern of our – of our guest ryan dunleavy was that uh you know this was a team that uh, that didn't cover well uh, aside from uh, a few moments on on sunday they covered very well especially in the second half uh we'll get to that uh, in a few moments but uh you know it was just one of those moments where he just like mitch just go ahead and run man we know you can do it and there he, he was starting to run and then at the last second he like i said he just floats that one uh, over to montgomery and david montgomery um you know took care of the rest from there and put the put the points on the board and just like that 12 plays in seven and a half minutes in the Bears are up uh seven nothing and it it, it the game started the way that you kind of figured it would well you know thinking that the the, the Bears were definitely the better uh, of the two teams that the you know the Giants are basically meant to struggle uh this year they're they're still a team in transition a, a new head coach and you know, a lot of young guys on the team and, and things like that. So the figure that the Bears were in a in a position to, um, you know, uh, get out ahead early, and it was just a matter of them being able to pull it off. And watching them do it uh, felt good, watching it in the first quarter. And then of course, the the ensuing drive on on defense, Robert Quinn with the strip sack. Nice to see him uh, out there. You know, uh, sporting the 94 that uh, we took away from Leonard Floyd. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is what this is always supposed to look like with 94 on one side, 52 on the other. And, uh, you know, them having a meeting of the minds at the quarterback, you know, both of them coming off the edge and, you know, trying not to crash into each other as they smash the quarterback to bits uh, in the pocket. And, you know, it was just like it was perfectly like we couldn't have drawn it up any better. Robert Quinn comes off the edge, knocks the ball out of his hand, and who's there to recover it but Khalil Mack? It's like that's perfection. That is absolutely the way that every Bear fan in the country uh, envisioned it, in the world for that matter. So that could, you know, could not have gotten off to a better start. The only thing that would have been better was Anthony Miller not dropping the touchdown pass uh, in the end zone. So, like I said, Mitch put it right on the money, put it right where it needed to be, and, uh, you know, it went right through Miller's arms, and it was the beginning of not a, a very not-so-good day uh, for Anthony Miller. Anyone who listened to the Bear, Bear Down show yesterday knows that, unfortunately, uh, our, our fair Anthony Miller made the Bear Down list because he had three targets for zero catches, and two of them were very important. One, he dropped a touchdown. Later on in the game, he dropped a big third-down uh, pass. Um, and as I explained in the... Uh, Uh, knee jerk or excuse me the bear bear down show i think he it happened because he was trying to make sure his feet were in because he was very close to the sideline and he short-armed the uh the the short-armed the catch nonetheless it was there you know he sticks his arms out a little bit further it hits him right in the hands uh instead it goes right off his fingertips and the bears end up having to give the ball back to the giants which then turned out to be the 95 yard drive that they uh, put together to make it a 17-10 ball game and make things interesting in the fourth quarter when the Bears had the game by the Short and Curleys uh, in that moment previous. So, But it was in his, it was a good-looking uh, first quarter. Uh, the, the Giants, you know, obviously were, were kind of reeling uh, in the first quarter, and the Bears were taking advantage. Uh, in the second quarter, uh, things kind of slowed down a little bit uh, for the Bears, but we definitely finished strong uh, to uh, to put a very uh, ominous lead on the uh, to hang an ominous lead on the Giants going into halftime. Also, the Bears taking advantage of an unfortunate situation for the Giants and what turned out to be kind of uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a, a pandemic of its own across the league on Sunday. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter: Bears and Giants and. It was kind of a shaky start to the second quarter for the Bears. Um some good fortune. Only and I and I say that only in, in the way that we don't have to play against him anymore today. It was a um it was a bad series of events for Saquon Barkley. Last play of the first quarter, he had a, a very good run, but right up the middle, broke the seam, down the sideline, gets tackled. When he does he braces his fall with his left arm and lands awkwardly. It it, it um he kind of comes up with his with his left arm limp and he's kind of favoring it. Um, goes out for a couple of plays or I basically was only out for the break between quarters. First play of the second quarter, uh, gets another run to the outside. Gets uh you know stood up by Eddie Jackson and as Eddie's trying to get him out of bounds uh saquon makes an awkward step and his you know and he goes down and he's out with a with a right knee injury um he's definitely out for the game the the official word is evaluation coming up and you know all that kind of stuff doesn't look good uh for barkley the offense was kind of shaky for the first half of the second quarter there then right here at the end the last drive of the second quarter the bears were able to uh Go the length of the uh of the field. Loving what I'm seeing from from the offense. Uh even with Montgomery going down with a neck injury. He's back on the sideline. Don't know if he's going back in the game. Maybe he'll be back in the second half. We don't we don't know. But uh Mitch is throwing the ball well. Uh just threw a touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney, the rookie fifth round uh pick, where he basically kept it alive. And it's those moments that he kind of makes me nuts where it's just like Mitch. Just run, man. Just run. And for the second time today, I'm sitting here on my couch telling him to run. He pulls up and throws a touchdown pass uh, to Mooney in the corner of the uh, of the end zone. So there you go. But if this is the Mitch that we're going to see, if fourth quarter, and if we're looking more like fourth quarter Mitch than first through third quarter Mitch from last week. And, you know, like I was saying on the preview show, we need him to win. More than he loses, and today he's won a lot more than he's lost. And because of it, the Bears are up 17 to nothing at the half. So uh, looking good on offense. Hopefully Montgomery just got his bell rung and he'll be back in the second half. Uh, otherwise, uh, our defense has got a lead to protect, and uh, we're looking good for win number two. So again, Mitch giving me headaches by, you know, make, trying to keep these plays alive when he could just tuck the ball into his arms and start running and and get us uh, uh, get us some yards that apparently the secondary doesn't want to want to give us but in both instances uh, in the first half where I'm telling him to run 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 he's able to uh, to prove me wrong and find a guy open and both times they were touchdown plays so you know it's just uh, it kind of helps that he can uh, I can't see what he can see. And he turns out that he made the, uh, the right call. And as far as me saying he's got to win more than he loses, 13 of 18 for fifty nine and two touchdowns in the first half, that's a lot of winning in, in the first half. And that's what we need to see from him is that level of consistency. Now, we're not always going to get 13 of 18, but something in that ballpark is well within, uh, you know, the realm of, uh, you know, being able to, you know, like we were t- started the show talking about wins and losses, That's a lot of, uh, you know, that's a W uh, in our column uh, for sure for Mitch to perform like that, you know. And um, it just, it's, the Bears will be better, Mitch will be better, and, uh, you know, we as uh, fans will also be able to to sleep better, know that we can trust him if he performs on a more consistent basis like he did uh, fourth quarter last week and in the first half this week uh, against the, the Giants. You know, unfortunate thing about Saquon Barkley, man. He is a stud uh, of a running back, and it was confirmed today that he did in fact tear the ACL uh, in that right knee, and he is done uh, for the season. And like I said, it was an ugly sequence of events uh, for him on that run. You know, he he breaks through the line, gets through the second level, he's off to the races, and um, you know that he gets uh, caught uh, by the uh, by the secondary there. Uh, for the Bears and when he fell like you said he braced his fall with his left arm and it was it was really weird how he did fall because it's like he jammed his shoulder and it was also kind of like behind him uh, a little bit so when he rolled uh, on the ground he got up and he was just like the arm was like dangling I thought he dislocated his shoulder uh, actually and um, you know then in the first play of the of the second quarter he gets tangled up with with Eddie Jackson and of course you know Saquon is a, is a truck he is an absolute bulldozer uh, of a, a running back you know just a, a big thick uh running back and Eddie Jackson for all of his uh you know for all of his strengths and all of his talents is not as big or strong as Saquon Barkley so he's just hanging on for dear life and as he's trying to kind of uh force him out of bounds unfortunately uh Saquon took an awkward step and it uh you know, blew the ACL, and and sadly he's done uh, for the year. And it, it's, you know, just looking at it as a uh, football fan, it's an unfortunate thing that he won't be a part of this season uh, anymore, and it's a really unfortunate thing for the Giants because now it, even though they, they ran the ball fairly well uh, in the second half of the game with, with Dion Lewis and uh, things like that, and I hear they're talking to Devontae Freeman, uh, who's a free agent right now, that they might be bringing him in to help out in the running game as well they relied a lot on 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 Saquon uh, Barkley and uh, now it's going to fall more uh, on Daniel Jones and uh, we'll see how that works out uh, for them it did it almost worked out for him pretty well in the second half uh, of this game we'll talk about that uh, in a bit but you know in that second quarter there those were basically the highlights that uh, you know Saquon Uh, going down at the start of the second quarter and the Bears finishing strong uh, in the first half with that drive, with Mitch, keeping it alive, finding Mooney uh, in the end zone. And just that kid being so impressive uh, in those first two weeks that uh, I think he's six for six as far as his targets. He was targeted three times for three catches against the Lions last week. Another three catches, uh, you know, three targets for three catches this Sunday against the... um, Giants including his first uh, NFL touchdown and uh, you know it's easy to see how it is this rookie fifth round pick is managing to get on the field and get reps in front of third and year third you know third year guys fourth year guys like like Javon Wims and uh, you know uh, Riley Ridley who hasn't even been on the active roster uh, in the first two weeks he's been inactive both week one and week two and hell even Ted Ginn was a healthy scratch the Bears on Sunday and then you go out and see how Darnell Mo- Mooney has performed in these first two weeks and it's easy to see why uh, the Bears can make a call like that putting a veteran like in uh, on the sidelines and and you know Riley Ridley's not getting a shot uh, up to this point you know Darnell Mooney keeps doing that he could easily work himself up to the the number two spot if Anthony Miller keeps having these up and down uh, weeks that he's been having like you know the great week that he had last week against the Lions and then the kind of no-show week he had for the Giants this past week, if he keeps going up and down, we're going to find Darnell Mooney getting the, 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 the routes and the plays that uh, Anthony Miller wants. So uh, very proud uh, of that kid and, and what he's been able to accomplish in the very small sample size that we've got to see him uh, up to this point. So um, And uh, for those who listen to the Bear, bear Down show, uh, Mooney was the most valuable bear this week in my opinion. Not only was he making those catches, but he's out there, smallest guy on the field, um, blocking uh, for the running game uh, as well. And one play in particular, they sent him in motion, and when they snapped the ball, he, like, runs between the tackle and the guard to, to be the lead blocker. Like, he's the fullback. like, that kid? That's the one that you assign that job? But he went out there, and he put a hat on somebody, and David Montgomery was able to get past him and get some yards into the second and third level, so... You know, it, it's no wonder uh, why he's getting the opportunities that he's getting uh, up to this point. So, uh, Darnell Mooney's made a huge impression on me uh, up to this point, and um, you know, looking forward to seeing more uh, as we progress through this kid's rookie season. So, moving on to the to the second half, um, it's you kind of you know you, you hindsight being you know twenty twenty and all, it, you just kind of wonder what the philosophy was going into the second half. Like maybe the bears thought they had the game in hand because of no Saquon. The defense was playing well. They pitched a shutout uh, in the first half. It didn't seem like we were coming out as aggressive uh, in the third quarter. And it kind of gave the giants uh, uh, some life uh, to have, you know, some, a reason to keep going after it uh, as they, you know, navigate their way through the, uh, the second half. But you know, at the end of the third quarter, it still looked good for the Bears, but it, it looked like the tide may have been turning a little bit. Knee jerk reaction, third quarter, the Bears and the Giants, and we we have a seventeen to three lead, but I, I think that if we were go if we go to the scorecards on this one, I think the Giants won this round. I think they've played better than the Bears overall in the third quarter. Uh Uh, so far I mean well you know in the third quarter I would I would give it to them uh, for sure Uh, they were able to add a field goal uh, to you know to get themselves on the board that coming off of uh, an interception uh, from Trubisky I'm gonna have to go back and and look at it I I couldn't tell if it was a bad throw from Mitch or if the um, or if it was Robinson that just couldn't get his hands on it either way it was a deflection they got popped up into the air Easily picked off by the uh, Giants, and they were able to uh, turn that into the field goal. Um, offensively, we had a nice drive going uh, just before uh, handing the ball back to the, uh, to the Giants. Uh, Anthony Miller, not happy with him today. Uh, he dropped what should have been a touchdown pass. Uh, from Mitch in the first half, it was another dime throw like the one uh, for the game winner in Detroit. Miller dropped that one. And then uh, on the last third down, right before we punted the ball to the Giants, he kind of T-Rexed arms a, uh, a pass. He short-armed it. And uh, the, the money, the, the throw was there. Mitch was on target. Um, you know, it was one of those tough throws where you got to throw all the way to the to the sideline. If Miller catches it, he's got his feet and everything in bounds. It's a first down for the Bears, but instead he short-armed it. It goes right through his fingertips, and we have to give the ball back to the Giants, who have put on an impressive drive uh, to be within the—I uh, think they're inside the 10 uh, right now. I think it's second or third and goal right now for the Giants inside the 10. So even though the Bears have a 17-3 to lead as we enter the fourth quarter, the game's not over yet. Um, I'm not not thrilled with the the defense and this bend-but-don't-break thing that they've been doing today. It's very much reminiscent of last year's game, where we had a comfortable lead going into the fourth quarter, and then we allowed the Giants to get a touchdown on the board, and all of a sudden, it's a one-score game, and the Giants are back in this thing. So... Hopefully the Bears can hold them to a field goal and keep it a two-score game, and then the offense can put some more points to distance themselves because this is a game we should easily walk away with. And I think that's an easy consensus to come to, especially with uh, you know, the Bears, A, on paper, being the better team, and then B, with the first half that we had, putting the Giants deep into a 17-0 hole uh, at halftime, uh, holding them to 17-3 to through three-quarters, this should have been a game that we walked away rather rather easily but um the drive that they were on at the end of the third quarter they finished in the fourth quarter it was an 11 play 95 yard drive um that uh, it took them fourth and goal uh to get it uh, and they ran the football right down our throats there on fourth fourth and goal uh to make it a 17 to 10 uh ball game and you just kind of like got this feeling like all right so, I guess this is how this is going to go again. Same, you know, looked exactly like last year's game. I think we were up like 19 to 6 or something like that going into the fourth quarter. They score a touchdown. Now it's 19 to 13 and it's a ball game again when we easily had this thing won already. And that's kind of where I, I guess, you know, that's where the yeah, but thing comes in uh, with the Bears uh, winning this game. But, um, you know, th- as far as the interception, uh, to Mitch, I talked about it a bit on the Bear Up and Bear Down show, where it ultimately the, I I put the interception on Mitch because he he made the right read and then he made the wrong decision uh, because the the right read was I think he wanted to go to Robinson right away uh, at the line of scrimmage or you know right when the ball was snapped but one of the like the outside linebacker for the Giants kind of dropped right where I think he wanted to throw. The ball, and instead he waited that extra beat for Robinson to clear the linebacker, and by then it was too late. By then it was too late, and he tried to laser it in there. And by then, uh, you know, the second the uh, the cornerback and the safety and everything, they had help, and were able to get the deflection uh, before Robinson can get to it. The Giants come down with it, and were able to convert that into a uh, field goal, and you know, to finally get themselves. Uh, on the board so I think if Mitch had that one to do it again uh, maybe he he goes to his second read and tries to find somebody else uh, open so it was like the right read as far as not throwing it when he wanted to but instead of uh, you know trying to find uh, another sec you know trying to go through his uh, go through his reads and find somebody else open uh, out there he tried to muscle it in there to Robinson his favorite target and it ends up backfiring um but you know like i said the third quarter was like that uh the giants seemed to be building confidence with the fact that they were able to run the ball without saquon barkley with deon lewis uh out there they were able to to convert and and they won the time of possession battle like i said at the the top of the knee-jerk reaction you know if this was a a boxing match or a ufc fight the third round was the uh was definitely uh, that one definitely belonged to the Giants they definitely took the uh, took the points on that one uh, in that uh, in the matchup but um, you know here we go in the in the fourth quarter and it just you know it starts with the with the touchdown to make it a 17 10 game and then it gets all the way down to the last play of the game and that's where we'll pick it up from here knee-jerk reaction fourth quarter bears and giants it's third and six four seconds to go the bears are up 17 13 this play will decide the game whether the bears choke and lose or if they can hang on jones is throwing knocked away we win but there's a flag oh come on Let's see what this is. It's got to be against the Bears. Oh, it's on the Giants. Bears win. All right. We hang on. Good God. 17 to 13. The Bears hang on. But this this becomes the first yeah, but victory of of 2020. I mean, I know last week would kind of qualify uh as well, but the their heroics in the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, that was definitely a flag on on Golden Tate. Um anyway, uh pushed uh pushed uh Buster screen in the end zone. Pushed him down and everything. Um anyway, we we're up 17 to nothing at halftime. Um, then you have that deflection interception uh, on Mitch that the Giants turned into a field goal. Then a, um, I think the Giants just did a good old-fashioned drive, like a 95-yard drive to make it 17-10. to 10. Then another interception where it wasn't Mitch's fault. It was a 50-50 ball, and Robinson jumped in the air and got it. But as he comes down, the defender basically scoops it in his arm and Robinson loses the battle for the ball. And the Giants turn that into another field goal to make it 17-13. to And, you know, you thought that the Bears kind of had this game in hand on the final drive that they had the ball because they had 60 yards rushing on the last drive. Converted a fourth down to Bobby Massey. An insane play, by the way. It was a pass to Jimmy Graham that got deflected into the air. Bobby Massey catches it and dives forward to get the first down. But it's like David Montgomery, there there was a play where Montgomery, where they had, um, there was a, like, they got called, the Bears got called for a chop block on first and 10, and Montgomery comes back on first and 25, gets 23 yards uh, on that play. They were imposing their will up front. And then when the Giants started selling out for the run, we didn't adjust and do like play action or something like that to try to take advantage of the guys in the box. We just kept trying to run the ball. So I don't know what we were doing there. I definitely disagree with the uh, philosophy. I think that was Mag- Nagy playing not to lose instead of playing to win uh, on that particular Uh, a drive you know keep running the ball when there are 10 guys in the box is uh foolish but um you know the uh they give the ball back to the Giants who drove it all the way back down the field and and you know like I said right when I started the knee-jerk reaction were third and six from like the 10-yard line four seconds to go down four they need to score and the Bears were able to hang on so uh, it's a tale of two halves, man. We won the first half by a mile, and uh, we damn near lost the game when we lost the second half. So uh, we're two and zero. It's uh, a lucky two and zero. And next week against Atlanta is going to be tough because they are handing it to the Cowboys today. So um, we'll see if it's a case of the the Cowboys just not being very good, or uh, did the Falcons get it figured out? Today. <laughs> hey guys taking a quick break uh, to uh thank our sponsors one again once again at bet online the wait is finally over football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online the go is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online you can get in on their season-opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. online, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there is one thing you can control, and that is shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat, man. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame the summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk and with that information let's get back to our show so there you have it it wasn't pretty but it's a w and uh you know the the bears missed a couple of opportunities one was taken from us one that we just flat out missed on our own and the the one that we missed on our own was uh cairo santos uh missed two opportunities uh on the on the field goal attempt on that final drive that final drive that the bears had we were in field goal range and two things we missed out on number one we missed out on putting the game i think almost completely out of reach i mean it definitely goes from the giants are just looking to tie and go to overtime or they have to score a touchdown and maybe go for two to get out of chicago with a win to if they scored they win the game uh, type of situation and b i honestly think with the way that santos kicked last week against Detroit. The way he was kicking early on, his kickoffs have been strong uh, as well. He made every field goal and every f- extra point attempt until he missed that 50-yard field goal that really could have iced the game for the Bears, in my opinion. And uh, instead, he la- leaves the door open for the Bears to hang on to Eddie Panero when he comes off of IR after the Falcons game. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what we do or how uh, Santos performs next week. Uh, against the uh, Falcons to see if it's uh, if it's going to be a competition in practice uh, when when Eddie comes back or if uh, you know uh, Cairo can go back to the practice squad and Eddie gets his job back so but I really think that he could have made a very strong case to actually keep the kicking job uh, you know by making that field goal coming up big Uh, in a clutch moment and making it a seven point game forcing the Giants to not only score but have a decision to make if they were able to score do you want to tie and send it to overtime or do you want to go for two and try to win the game Uh, unfortunately that didn't happen and um, you know we were in a position where we might actually lose the game if the Giants uh, score Uh, not to mention with it being a 50-yard field goal uh, the the Giants get the football from where we kick it so it gave the giants great field position when he missed that field goal uh as well so uh that was the uh that was the scary part but uh unfortunately it didn't uh didn't happen uh that way so we had to bite our nails all the way down to the end and you heard me uh calling the uh calling the play and uh it's like hey deflected we win oh but there's a flag come on you know just That's the that's the that's what the knee jerk reactions are for uh, those organic moments um, like that. But, um, you know, like I was saying about the the last drive where the Bears were were pounding it down New York's throat. And then finally, they just, like I said, started to sell out for the run. They're loading up the box. They were doing some run blitzes. And, you know, it went back to like the old John Fox offense where we're watching poor Jordan Howard just lower his head and, you know, run into a wall of bodies seeing if he can eke out a yard or two uh, before we try to throw the ball on third down and then punt uh, eventually. Um, It it was kind of looking like that and it it just it was frustrating to see that Nagy didn't be like okay obviously they're they're looking for the run they've got like a 10-man box uh, in there so so maybe we fake the handoff to uh, you know Montgomery and uh, we let Mitch roll out and, and hit Jimmy Graham for like a two-yard pass that can turn into a six-yard gain uh, or something like that. Uh, instead, we just kept trying to pound it and pound it and pound it, um, you know, hoping that we'd be able to uh, kind of you know find that ray of sunshine and, and get the first down and extend the drive, and that just didn't happen. And uh, like I said, it felt more like Nagy was playing not to lose than being the aggressor and trying to win the game and close it out uh that way so you guys know how i feel about that i used to get on lovey all the time uh for that uh tressman was just a garbage quarterback or garbage coach so golly knows but fox was he was huge on playing not to lose and we know we lost a hell of a lot more football games under fox uh than we probably should have if he would have just grown a pair and and tried to be the aggressor and win a football game instead of working not to lose it uh, I'm a, I I I cannot stand it, and I can cite a thousand cases for teams like the Patriots, for teams like, for anyone actually anyone who seems to be successful, they're the teams that are being the aggressor, like the 49ers last year. Uh, you know, it just you over and over again you see a case where here's the situation, this is how it's set up, and the team, you know, those great teams just go for it. They're going for it. They're trying to win the game as opposed to just running out the clock to get the game over with. They're being the aggressor. They're not trying to play conservative or play safe. They're going out there to try to win a football game. And, you know, they trust their team. They trust their offense. uh, Or, hell, in this case, they trust their defense to be able to to stop them if something goes wrong. Matt Nagy doesn't seem to want to risk any of it. You know, he has a lead. He wants to hang on to it. Let's just play it safe So let poor David Montgomery bang his head up against the wall uh, trying to get an extra yard when there are 12 guys at the line of scrimmage uh, waiting for him. So uh, I really wish Nagy would, would let loose of that and just be the aggressor and, and try to win the football game as opposed to trying not uh, to lose it. Last thing I'll talk about before we wrap this up, of course, would be the pick six that wasn't that's the other opportunity that the bears missed uh in the fourth quarter uh it was an outstanding play by eddie jackson showing the world once again why he is one of the top safeties if not the top safety uh in football uh right now worthy of the money that the bears gave him uh in the off season uh it, it was and i talked about it in the bear up and bear down show it was a carbon copy of of the play against the Buffalo Bills in 2018. Kyle Fuller goes for uh, goes for the pass, goes for the ball, uh, bangs into a defender, gets there before the ball does, but because he was going for the ball, when it popped up into the air, Leonard Floyd was there to grab it, runs it in for a touchdown, no flag on the play. That's what should have happened here. Eddie Jackson didn't just... Bang into the defender to keep him from catching the ball. He banged into the defender because he was going for the ball. It, is, it was almost like a coincidence that he happened to uh, run into the guy, or that he happened to to bang into him, or anything. That wasn't Eddie Jackson's intention. His intention was to be the ball hawk that he is and go get the football. And he was able to deflect the ball to himself. And then have this amazing return. It would have been a 24 to 13 game. Then the game is on ice. It's done. It's over. Nagy can play it safe all he wants now. You know, it's like I wouldn't have any way to feel about it one way or the other. But in a one-score game, you got to be the aggressor and go out there and close it out. And uh, we got that one robbed from us. Uh, Eddie Jackson went on a Twitter, a short Twitter rant. Uh, about that saying how do we hold the referees accountable when they make mistakes like that he said that the referee said my bad about the call N- basically the referee acknowledging that he made the wrong call and uh you know that it was a mistake i don't i'm i'm assuming he did that at the end of the game because if you're doing it in the game you have the opportunity to pick up the flag and say you know what he was going for the ball uh the play was good no big deal but uh you know i'm 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 assuming he He uh, apologized to Eddie after the game uh, as opposed to doing it there uh, during the actual action itself. So um, but when the ball is in the air, the defender has every right to the ball that the uh, offensive player does. And that's all that Eddie Jackson was doing. So it was not pass interference. And I was very surprised and actually disappointed in Charles Davis, the 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 color commentator for the game, who is a former defensive back himself basically said it was justified that Eddie got called for the flag it's like dude you're a DB look at what's actually happening here you know he's going for the ball he's not he's not going out there to bang into the receiver to keep him from catching the ball he's going after the football he has every right to that ball uh, himself that's a clean play and that's a legit play it's and it's a it's a touchdown for the Bears it should be and instead it was taken away from us Uh, Via penalty. So and then we got all the fun drama at the end of the game with the Giants getting down inside the red zone and almost winning it on the final play and so on and so forth. But thankfully, knock on wood, it worked out uh, for us uh, and uh, and our beloved. So we come away with the victory 17 to 13. And um, I talked about the Falcons briefly there uh, at the end when we were doing the knee jerk reaction. The Falcons were still winning the game uh, against the uh, Cowboys. And uh, for those of you who keep up with those, that kind of thing, uh, the Falcons blew that game. Uh, they were up twenty-nine to ten at one point, and then thirty-nine to twenty-four. Lost the game forty to thirty-nine on the final play of the game, uh, when uh, the kicker for the Cowboys, Zerline, put one through the uprights as time expired to win the game forty to thirty-nine. So, I I I was very happy to see the way that the Falcons were kind of kicking the crap out of the Cowboys at the beginning of the day. Uh, I did not want to face an 0-2 Falcons team at home uh, and things like that, especially with, you know, you're able to see how they put points on the board in a hurry. They did so against Seattle. They did it again against the Cowboys uh, on Sunday. It's still a concern uh, of mine. I remember I was saying that, you know, I pretty much said that there's no way we should lose week one or week two against the Giants. Week three against the Falcons is the one I'm worried about. Week four against the Colts, I haven't seen enough from the Colts to worry about that game, and it's a home game for us uh, as well. So I like those three as wins for the Bears right now. The Falcons game is the one I'm nervous about, and I'm more nervous about it now, especially with the way that the Falcons have been able to score points, even up against one of the best defenses in football with the with the Seahawks. And... Um, well, maybe not so much the best defense, but definitely one of the best uh, teams because they gave up like another 30-something points to the Patriots last night. But, um, you know, so maybe scoring against the Seahawks isn't all that it's cracked up to be. But it's I'm more concerned with the fact that we as an offense struggle to put as much points on the board as we did against the Giants and the week previous against the um Lions. So, I mean, 27 points is a good amount of points, but we really had to put something together in order to make that happen. Um, you know, I I don't know at this point. I'm happy with what I'm seeing from Mitch. I'm happy with what I'm seeing from the running game. But would they be able to handle getting into a shootout if they had to against the Falcons? Because apparently the Falcons aren't very good on defense. They gave up 30-something points to the Seahawks week one. They gave up 40 this past week to the, uh, to the Cowboys. So maybe their defense is just what the doctor ordered as far as the Bears, you know, maybe getting to have a, an offensive day of their own uh, this coming Sunday. So we'll talk to the What's Up Falcons guys uh, this week to uh, see what they have to say uh, about that. But uh, their offense and their offensive firepower make me nervous that, um, you know, the Falcons might be able to put the Bears in a hole that they can't dig themselves out of. Uh, this coming Sunday so that's a big concern uh, of mine uh, going into this so anyway that's the recap that'll do it for the uh, uh, knee-jerk reactions and uh, that's going to do it for the uh, week two review episode of the Bearstalk Underground come back on Thursday Uh, we have the what's up Falcons guys on the show it's an armchair crossover uh, episode it's the Falcons armchair show and um I may I'm probably going to be on their show as well if you guys are interested in, in uh seeing that or hearing that, uh, I should say. But uh come back on Thursday. We talk to those guys to preview week three, Bears and Falcons. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Hey, hey.